Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix and Lock and Key the comic books and Lock and Key coming soon to a theater near you. I'm Alex. (laughs) I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the fourth episode of season one of Lock and Key, The Keepers of the Keys. This is written by Mackenzie Dorr and directed by Tim Southam. Uh, And... Very exciting episode. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of romantic stuff going on. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So very quick recap of what's happened so far so we can jump right into it. Basically, we are following a family called the Locke family. They moved into a house called Key House in Matheson, Massachusetts. There they discovered a bunch of magical keys and a being named Dodge who wants to get those keys. Over the past couple of episodes, they tussled with Dodge. A couple of times, uh, they played around with the keys. One of the big keys that they discovered is called the head key, which in this iteration, in the TV iteration, opens up a door or a trunk or something like that, someplace that is special with you. And you can go inside your own head, play around with your memories. Uh, The big thing that happened at the end of the last episode is Kinsey, the middle child, pulled out her fear out of her head and killed your fear and buried it in the woods. Uh, so she is fearless at the current time. Other quick things you probably need to know. Uh, there is Bodie Locke, who is the youngest kid. He is friends with a guy named Rufus, who is helping around to the house. Uh, yep. Rufus's mom, Ellie, has struck up a friendship with Nina, the Locke family matriarch. Uh, Nina, by the way, is uh, on the wagon. That's the right phrase, right? Yeah. Not off the wagon. Off the wagon is drunk. On the wagon is not drunk. Yeah. It's yeah, better to be on the be. wagon. It's better to be on the wagon. Yeah, it's healthier Personally, to be on the wagon. I like my preference is being tied to a rope and dragged from the wagon as it runs down the street out of, out of control. Out of control wagon. That's me. That's what they call me. Yeah, you're a real uh, so Wild West Nina man. Is, <laughs> Nina's very suspicious because Ellie knew her husband, Rendell Locke, who was murdered by a gay named Sam Lesser uh, a couple of months prior. Uh, back in high school, there seems to be some discrepancies in the story about what happened in high school. Uh, and the last person you probably want to know about is Tyler Locke, who is the oldest kid. Tyler he likes a girl named Jackie, who seems to be, I think it's fair to say, quite a bit smarter than him. Uh, and <laughs> Okay. I mean, come on. You true. nasty. Yeah, she is. Uh, she is? Did you just well, say that's you a nasty? Ha- I said you nasty. That's a hasty judgment just based <laughs> on a couple scenes. You just, did they take no, an IQ test? It's super clear Alex? that... Yeah. It's, su- it's super clear that Jackie is a lot smarter than he is. Yeah, if you check, if you watch through the credits, they display the IQ of the actual actors, not even the uh, the, uh, the the characters. characters. Wow. <laughs> yeah, not the characters, but the actors themselves. Oh, who's smarter than who now? That's Alex? relevant. Uh, not me. <laughs> 
So should we jump right into this with that uh, scant recap out of the way? Sure. Uh, I would just like to point out that, uh, you know, you talked about a lot of relationship stuff. And my favorite relationship in this episode is Bodie's relationship to Bank Bacon. Oh, yeah. Bodie understands mm-hmm. and knows how important it is. Well, that's almost the first thing that we start off with. The first thing we start off with is an establishment of new Kinsey, who is doing her hair, her lips, her nails. She's dancing around. She makes breakfast for anyone. She is feeling great. That's a fearless start. That's fearless fashion choices. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I I hope every episode from now on starts with a fashion montage. Uh, But as Pete mentioned, Bodhi, very excited about it, says, bacon me, please. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, they do start fighting because Kinsey also, again, fearless, tells Nina she's not good at organization. She's being yeah. straight up aggressive about it. Uh, and Bodie very hilariously says, no fighting in front of the bacon. Yeah. Cute. Fearlessness leads to nastiness, as we learn here. Uh, now, let me ask you, what fashion choices would you guys make differently if you were without fear? Uh, probably more parachute pants. Really? Wow. More fabric? Yeah, more fabric. Uh, I no, also, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like most of my bold fashion choices are based on lack of money, not uh, not necessarily fear. Like, I would love to wear tailored suits every day. That would be really? delightful. Wow. Yeah. Just feel real sharp and fancy, but I don't want to, like... I would want people to make the suits for me, hand me new clothes every day. So it's a money thing, not a fear wow. thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, so parachute pants suits. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what what I would do. I I want more zoot suits. Parachute pants suits? Oh, suit suits. Yeah. Zoot suits? What is this? Yes. What are these two people on this podcast? Well, Pete actually used to be in the squirrel nut zippers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a real zoot suit riot for the for a lot of the '90s. For Pete, he threw back yep. a bottle of beer. What is your fearless fashion choice, Justin? Uh, <laughs> I guess a head to toe jumpsuit. Oh, okay, okay not like, one of those half jumpsuits that most people are wearing. These wait, days. wait, are you no, talking about like an up. Adidas, like Adidas jumpsuit? No, I'm talking about one thing you just pull on. Like when you do go uh, skydiving. Like a you onesie. Wear. Yeah, well, I guess a onesie. Like the, you dress like the bride and Kill Bill. Yeah, exactly. Now we're talking. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Always, a, uh, always think... the bride, never the bridesmaid is what I say. <laughs> uh, so Kinsey also immediately tells Tyler that she took out her fear uh, as they're walking to school. Eden. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We need to back up a little bit. Yeah, I want to know what your guys' food is no one's allowed to fight in front of. Like, what are you guys protective oh, this of? Great, this is a great question. In your morning. Uh, parachute pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love these get-to-know-you questions out right at the gate. Yeah. <laughs> is, we're, we're about to be broke. The ice is almost broken between the three of us. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ten I think questions to get to know me. Don't fight in front of the souffle. You knock that fucker Ooh. down. Okay, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's what smart. about you, Pete? Also bacon? Uh, definitely bacon, but also very protective of uh, waffles. Interesting waffles. Why? Yeah. Really? What kind of waffles? Well, at in college, like there used to be a line for the Belgian waffle maker, and if someone tried to cut or do something stupid or not clean up after themselves, 
I would have some things to say. Mm. Yeah. So I was very protective of the waffle maker and making sure people were obeying the rules. Yeah, you missed a lot uh, of classes and failed because of that, right? Yeah, because there was a big line. Yeah, and if I had an early class, I wasn't gonna, you know, get out of line and lose my spot. Wow. Uh, yeah, totally. No other ways of getting waffles. Yeah. Well, there's no way to start your day if there's a waffle maker and you have free access to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lego my ego. Those things piece. terrify me. I don't know when I go to like a hotel or something. Terrify they make your, you? Yeah, mm. when you go to a hotel and it's like make your own waffles oh. or whatever. Uh, I get very scared of it because I just know I'm tired in the morning. I'm definitely going to burn myself. <laughs> Interesting. And I feel like there's a lot of social pressure. Like if you fuck up your waffle in front of everybody, that's a lot of shame. Wow. Right. Because well, they, announce mean, it, they announce it at the hotel lobby. They're like, all right, everybody, somebody's actually using the waffle maker. Everybody gather around, set yep. off the fire alarm. Everybody gets out of the rooms. If you don't come watch you. If you don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't go up to the waffle maker anyways. Yeah. Stick to the cereals, you know, put your shit together, have a coffee, and then maybe you can make some choices. Wow. But, you know, don't get mad at the waffle maker just because you're scared of it. And uh, <laughs> when, I was in, uh, <laughs> when I was in Ireland, they had a uh, pancake machine that we, you would just pour in and it would make pa- it would come off a conveyor belt. That mm-hmm. was just glorious. In Ireland? Yeah, we were staying at a hotel, and they had a pancake machine. You could just put your plate down and just load up as many pancakes that came off the conveyor belt. That's a great way to start your day. Pete, have you ever thought about the the man that that uh, machine replaced? Oof. Wow. That pancake man is no longer there because the machine took over. <laughs> this hurts, was man. actually a little bit of history for you. This was the start of the Irish potato famine. Is uh, they were uh, putting all of the resources into automatic pancake machines. Yeah, huge mis uh, misappropriation of funds. Yes, and this of course all ties into the plot of Lock and Key. As I was saying, Kinsey and Tyler get to school. Eden makes fun of her. She don't care. Uh, and uh, then we get a uh, even more on Kinsey. Like there's a solid block of Kinsey stuff happening right at the bot- top here. Uh, she made a the splattering poster. Scott is upset. Uh, doesn't want anything to do with the poster, doesn't want to have anything to do with Kinsey because he was stood up by her in the last episode. Right. And He's Kinsey the, tells sticking him, up for himself. Yeah. Uh, Kinsey says, you know what? Actually, I like you, and I want to hang out outside of school, and he's pretty happy about that. Now, no, I have whoa, a question. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, as you wish, which, as we all know, Princess Bride reference, really romantic, very beautiful. I thought that was very touching. Also, Kinsey made a decision about her entrance piece for her art school and sent it away, which I was super happy about. I was super scared she wasn't going to do it because, you know, she was overwhelmed with what would really best represent her. Took out her fear and was like, boom, this is the one. Send it in. Yeah. An interesting little detail. Did you guys watch uh, Nosferatu, which is also which is based on the Joe Hill novel? Uh, the TV no. show. The TV show. Did you watch the TV show on AMC? I did not. I've seen Look, the original okay. Nosferatu movie. Oh, okay. The one with the guy who's like... Yeah. Well, it's not like that. Uh, but this is kind of in the book, but not really. But it's played very big in the first season of Nosferatu. Is the main character there is a girl who also is applying to art school and having a very hard time choosing her application uh, piece. 
So it's a funny little thing that it's just showing up in both of these things. I wonder if it is some sort of a reference or it's just a repeated th- theme through that he line. likes. But yeah, that's, it could be a through that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if any, if you guys have ever like submitted something for art school, but it's like, you know, <laughs> what do you pick that best represents you? I mean, that's really hard. How does one picture, you know, best represent you? You can feel good about a couple different paintings, but, you know, I feel like. It is. It's a, like, how do you do that? Yeah, it's parachute hard. pants. Parachute. Yeah, if pants. you can't face the pressure of uh, walking up to a waffle maker, it's going to be difficult <laughs> to choose a piece of art to represent you. No. The question that I wanted to ask is, since there, a lot of people have watched the full season of Lock and Key at this point. Certainly, there's been a lot of social conversation about it. I've seen a lot of blowback about Kinsey in the series, in particular. Lots of folks mm-hmm. like her. But I've certainly seen things of like, oh, Kinsey is so annoying. And I wonder, I wanted to get your beat on it because I like Kinsey a lot. And I think Amelia Jones is doing a great job in this. I feel like part of that is because she takes out her fear and becomes this blunt, very surfacey character by default that people are reacting to that. Curious to hear your take. Well, I feel like she is a great character for me because, like, to me in high school was super weird. You know, there would be, like, times I would feel very confident and times I would be scared out of my fucking mind. And I feel like what I like about her character is we get to kind of see that a lot, where sometimes she feels in her element and feels like, hey, I can do this. I am confident in myself. I believe in my talents. And then other times just, like, really shut down by them. And I feel like that is kind of uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty direct translation from the book. Uh, So I I don't know. I wonder if the people who find her, quote unquote, annoying are uh, people who've read the book and don't like the interpretation. Or it's more just people coming to a cold who are like, oh, why is this character so uh, sure of herself? Right. Also, like... um, Maybe something happens later in this series where right now she's a little bit more uh, pure to the core of what we know and from the material. Yeah. Uh, Then we jump over to Ellie and Nina, who are having a bit of a chat about Rendell's friend. Nina wants more information about them. And we find out more about two things. Uh, Specifically, we find out about Mark Cho, who we already know about as viewers, but Nina doesn't know about, uh, who died in a house fire a few months back. We also get a tease of Aaron Voss, who's another important character that we meet later on in the episode, uh, who is in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, And basically... Ellie says she's really the only one left at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Last person Uh, standing. And it's kind of crazy because Mark didn't just go out in a house fire, like jammed a key in his chest and like exploded with the house. Like went out like mm -hmm. a boss, not just like, oops, knocked over a lamp type of thing. That's a hell of a way to think of a boss going out. Yeah, that's well, I'm I'm a manager at my job and I know that someday I'll have to jab a key into my chest and explode. Yeah, it's just how it works. It's yeah, part that's part of being a manager. Like, but yeah, you like the captain. You got to go down with the ship. You know, as a manager, mm-hmm. you jab a key into the chest, turn it and explode. Yes. Now, my question I is, this. I haven't uh, I haven't watched ahead. I'm uh, as up to date on the show in this episode. And it makes me think that. Ellie's the person that called Mark in that first scene of the series. 
do you, do you want me to weigh in on that? Don't, I mean, don't you dare spoil it. Okay, all right. But, uh, do you want Pete, me to just lay out the next couple of episodes for you? Yeah, or, just say, or, that, say reveal everything. Pete, what do you think about that? Is that too weird of a theory? No, I mean, it sounds... Somebody who had information, who knew about stuff, called Mark. So, yeah. so far we haven't uh, met anybody close to the amount of information that Ellie has. Yeah, she's so the I only feel- person we've met so far that would know anything close to, and would have reason to call Mark in that way. And obviously um, this is territory that's not in the, the comics, so it's new stuff. And for anyone right. who's watched ahead, like Alex, and knows, boy, we sound stupid, I bet. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I would like to say, like I know, Zelvin, you're going to get into this, but if I bought a house and then found out about a secret ping pong room, I would lose my fucking mind. <laughs> In and, a good way. Uh, I, I feel like... Happy? Yes. Yeah. But huh. also, like, you know, the first thing I do is I ask uh, about any new place, like, what's the possibility of a fire pole? Like a secret fire pole or a back <laughs> secret room fire, fire pole. Uh, be very unlikely to ask, find a fire pole in a non-fire house. <laughs> you ask about a secret ping pong room. That's like the second thing when you talk sure. to your realtor. So, like, the fact that she didn't know about that really is upsetting. Yeah, I and find- we live in Brooklyn, so you know most apartments have both those things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's a real fun house. Fire poles, as I've grown up, I feel like they're just pretty dangerous. They're just poles that you well, grab you onto like a real dad right now bro it's not a dad a real dad it's not a dad it's just like that sounds it's just a pole you grab onto and then fall to the ground you slide yeah. down it and it's no you kind of just stairs. fall you, i i'm with justin on this you kind of just fall down that pole and then you got to climb back upstairs anyway it's not like you can shimmy back up it actually oh now God. that i hear alex say it, it does sound pretty dad like so never mind retract it <laughs> <laughs> So Ellie does reveal that there is a secret ping pong room in well, the basement. Pete, Pete, which real is quick, where... I'm going to hide a ping pong yeah. ball in one of your coats, and will that be a little fun? Will that be yeah, oh yeah, a, like a little gesture toward your dream? Yeah, I doubt you you'll be slowly, able to get it past me though. What you should do is you should buy a ping pong table, break it into tiny little pieces, and every time you see Pete, just leave a piece in his pocket until yeah. finally, years from now, he can construct a ping pong table all by himself. Yeah. Well, that's the dream right there. And you can have it yeah. in his bathroom or whatever. <laughs> so I love how they old do this f- ping pong room is. It's so old that it has a Radiohead poster in it. Can you believe oh, that? Classic oh, man. rock band Radiohead. It's, it's funny because in the, in the comic, it's like 90s, right, is when Rendell is, Rendell is friends or teens, I think. Nah, I would yeah. think earlier than that. Like 80s, 90s, something like I that? I think early 80s. 80s, 90s, and 80s. hits from today. Yes. Right, and hits from today. But this is clearly like late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. I Super think. clear. Super yeah. clear. Yeah. You can tell Radiohead uh, is old because it has radio in the name. Right. <laughs> These days it would be MP3 head, I bet. That's right. That's 100% right. But I did really like how this had like a Goonies feel of finding like a secret room and like, ooh, look at all this old stuff. Can I just mention something? This is totally off the wall in terms of mentioning it, but uh, I was looking at my Facebook memories today, and there was one from 11 years ago, which was me posting, ugh, LimeWire isn't working anymore. Anybody know a substitute? 
Wow. <laughs> you were the last guy on LimeWire, dude? I was the last guy on LimeWire. Your so computer you must have been 85% viruses. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, looked back, shut the lights as I, I left, and ran as fast as I possibly could because those viruses were after me. So they discovered the pig pug room. It's been boarded up. Nina breaks it open. Uh, in, I feel like this is a reference to the movie House or House 2. I don't know. Okay. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it was like, I never saw that movie, but I saw the poster and the commercial. And huh. for some reason, the bashing through the wall with the sledgehammer really stuck with me. It, it reminded me of Ghost, the movie Ghost. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that as well. Uh, and as they're exploring the room, you see some skates are hanging there. That seemed to be a like very uh, specific thing, particularly if you know the comic books. That seemed like a Easter egg to me. Man, uh, Ali was specifically looking for something and then got busted by Nina where he was like, hey, what are you doing over there? She's like, oh, nothing, nothing. And yeah. Definitely not looking for something. Is she looking uh, for the Omega key? Well, certainly at that point, Nina asks if she knows anything about the Omega Sibinal and that she finds a big cabinet down in this room. Uh, and then we don't really jump back to that. But I, uh, what do you think about that? Is she looking for the Omega key? Or she's looking for just like maybe pics of her and, you know, her at the time boyfriend, Nina's ex-husband. Right. And we should mention, for those of you who are listening to this as you watch episodes, you don't know what the Omega key is. We'll get there in a little bit. Yes. Uh, but we won't completely spoil it yet. Maybe uh, we'll get there. So then we get another big introduction. We're over at, excuse me, McClellan Psychiatric Hospital. Aaron Voss gets a visitor. It's the well lady who very creepily clips her nails, tells her that Rendell and oh. Mark are dead. And she wants to get into her head. And There's nothing kind of... creepier than someone cutting their nails in public. That is the grossest thing you can do. There's I hate people mm. who cut their nails on the subway, in the subway car. Uh, I don't see anything wrong took, with that. Nothing wrong with that. If I took fear out of my head, I would just walk up and slap them huh. across the face. Well, I uh, think... But, Fortunately, that's not happening quite yet. So I guess I'm, so, I'll, I'm either going to put a ping pong ball in your po- coat pocket or a handful of my fingernails. If you put <laughs> fingernails, I'm going to just punch you in the throat. But um, I really am so glad that they teased. Wait, can like, I ask a quick question? And this is a serious question. Pete. Yes. Yeah. If you found out you had your dream house and in your dream house, there was a secret ping pong room that you could only get to with a secret fire pole. But when you got there, the ping pong table was entirely made out of fingernail clippings. What would you do? Wow. Punch Justin in the throat. And I have nothing the to do. To the ground. I'm not in this situation. I have nothing to yeah. do with this situation. You're the no. realtor. You're the realtor, Justin. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm so happy that they mentioned the psych ward and then we didn't have to wait a whole nother episode to find out. I'm glad that we got that right away. I'm really happy with the so far the pace of the show that's doing a great job of like giving us information, going from away from it for a little bit and then going back and really paying off. Uh, so then we get another through line that's happening in the episode with Tyler talking to Joe Ridgway, who in this yeah. version is the dean of the 11th grade. Uh, they He tells them the story about boxing. 
He says he trained. Uh, he got knocked out by the 15th greatest boxer in the world and decided to be an English teacher. And his lesson here is that new could be very good. Ultimately, just got to jump ahead. Uh, Jackie recruits Tyler for the 5K that they're running at the school to raise awareness, I guess, or recruit people for the 5K. Uh, and Tyler smart. goes up to Joe uh, and talks to him about getting tricking him into helping with the 5K. And Joe gives this great line. I wrote this down. Uh, Grief never gets any smaller, so you have to grow bigger around it. Great line. Which I thought was very good. Yes. Uh, And he talks, he very casually mentions something that is very big for comic book fans, which is his wife. I'm blanking on her name. I feel like it's Cassie. Callie. Callie. That's what it was. When I heard that, cannot wait for that. Uh, If that story, one of the best stories in, best standalone stories in the Lock and Key uh, series. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but that's the stuff with Joe and Tyler. How, how did you feel about this relationship as it's developing? How do you well, feel about Joe Ridgeway so far? I was really impressed with how much free time the principal has. Because in my school, it seemed like the principal was crazy busy doing a lot of different things. But it's nice to see this principal just kind of casually doesn't have a lot of things to do and has time for students. So. He has only one that's grade kind of sweet. that he manages. Yeah, he's just the dean of the 11th grade. Okay. Uh, I love how much uh, of a character Joe Ridgway is. Um, not to always keep going back into the comic, but he's much more side character in the comic, so it's nice to see him a little more front and center here. Uh, my question is, is boxing cool now? Like, we watch, we watch a lot of shows, the three of us as a group, and boxing is in, like, all of them. Yeah, every single show. Huh. Uh, maybe it's us. It probably has something to do with us, right? We like boxing. Yes. Uh, one other thing that I'll mention about Joe Ridgway, uh, Pete, I know you saw birds of prey. Did you see birds of prey yet? Justin did not. Oh, okay. He's the, uh, jerk captain in birds of prey. Yeah. Who's running, uh, who's taking advantage of Renee Montoya. So that was a, that was a fun surprise. That's fun. You think it's nice to see he's getting a lot of work, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think it's the same character. They did refer to him as Joe Ridgway, Dean of the 11th grade. There it is. In Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I, thank you for saying the full title as well. <laughs> Isn't that title non-composmento non, uh, anymore? No, no, no. They just, we shouldn't get into this. They changed it for search purposes on some websites. So now it's called Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. So it's easier to search for, ah. for SEO reasons. But the title is still Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. <laughs> I keep, keep on saying I look forward to your hey, review of Birds of Prey, the Fabulous Emancipation we of One Harley Quinn. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. People should check it out. Wait, which, which uh, movie are you talking about, Alex? Uh, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I gotcha. (laughs) They're just trying to write that down. It takes me a second. Yeah, no problem. Uh, If you want me to spell anything, just let me know. Happy to do it. How many colons Uh, are in there? uh, So many colons. There's a colon between every word and usually between letters as well. So Bodie and Rufus have a quick chat about traps because his bear trap didn't work previous episode. Uh, Bodie Bodie asks about Lucas... We get a mention of Lucas, who was another one of Rundle's friends. Uh, And uh, Rufus explains that he died. She was Ellie's first. He was Ellie's first love. Uh, And the last. Oh, what? What? That makes me so worried for Ellie. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, we're not again. We're not going to spoil things that are coming up for for the comics or anything like that. But certainly, it's an important piece of information to hang on to, as well as uh, they won't let Rufus near the well house, and he drops the information, which I was very surprised to hear them drop this this early, uh, that it was a base during the Revolutionary War and uses an intelligence base in World War Two. Yeah. And of course, this is something that history. This isn't really a spoiler, but history plays a big part of the comic books. <laughs> yep. So it's uh, fun to hear that start to be layered in here. Spoiler, history is important. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, something, drop the bombs, dude. Something, something, repeating, something, something, doomed. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, I love this moment there- after that with Bodie doing some research, uh, and we see Echo in the book. He's looking at oh, so creepy, very cool, very creepy, uh, and that also leads into a fun uh, moment. Pretty soon after that, Tyler. So after uh, Bodie is starting to put gum in all the locks because he wants to prevent Which, the well lady from getting into the house. I I thought that was smart. I thought that was Love such that. a great kid solve. Like big I was waste hoping- of gum, but you know he got to yeah. chew it. What you gonna do? Yeah, the thing true. is, he I probably... actually really, I really like this as a move for Bodhi because it shows that he thinks like the keys, like he's in the mindset of the key world, uh, as yeah. a, no one else is. Not even Echo, I feel like, is using the keys, but uh, but she doesn't think like the magic of the keys. Bodhi's the only one who is sort of really in that zone, and I think it's very smartly done. Oh, she's mm. using the shit out of the anywhere key. Yeah. Uh, but I think Justin's right here that there's a difference between using them and understanding them. Yeah. And ultimately, that's that's a key to how they could win potentially. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on, Unlocked. Dude. You should apologize for that. <laughs> I will never apologize. So well, uh, as we mentioned, Tyler is looking for the head key. He wants to put some stuff in his head uh, because uh, Jackie likes, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, my gosh. Jane Austen? Uh, yeah, yes. well, she says she reveals she likes Jane Austen, but he just thinks she likes British things and like yes. British oh, This is uh, first history of the town. He wants to impress yeah. her with history of the town. That's the first yeah. thing. Uh, so uh, they open him up. Uh, Tyler's door, and this is an interesting note, is the front door of their house in Seattle. We don't get to see inside, yeah. uh, but we were wondering about that in the last episode. What would you think about that as his door? I like that a lot. I also like that he's yeah. scared to look inside. He just throws... Because what he's doing with the history of the town is he's just testing to see if it works. And he just right. throws the book in, has the information, and then then he puts in British history so he can impress Jackie with his Anglophile mm. knowledge. Yeah. Uh, that's right. But uh, I do think... I like how he is. he's scared, and it's a place where his fear lives, showing that his brain is just dominated by uh, the trauma of what he went through with his father and the life that he used to have in Seattle. Yeah. I also really liked the fact that he didn't look in, like he was too freaked out by it. I just like the honesty of that moment of like, if you could walk into your brain, I wouldn't just throw open the door and stroll right in. I would hesitate, think about it, get myself trying to like emotionally prepared if I was going to do it. But I like his reaction to that. And there's two fun other details that happen here. Uh, before Bodie gives her the history book, he rips out the page with the well so that yeah, that will go inside of his head. To your point, Justin, again, very smart, understanding 
that this magic may work in different ways. I also uh, think he then, was worried that if Echo was in that page and he put it in Tyler's head, that then Echo would be in Tyler's head. Right. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean, is that I think Bodie is strategizing a lot more than anybody yeah. else, particularly yeah. Tyler and Kinsey this episode are just throwing caution to the wind. Yes. Um, I love and, Bodie's attention to detail and the way he's really kind of like, Going about things and really paying attention to stuff. And he's the only one who appreciates bacon. Yeah, you've definitely covered that. Uh, he, he has a lot of free time because <laughs> he hasn't gone through puberty yet. Whatever, man. Bacon's <laughs> going to be there for his whole life. But Pete, have you gone through puberty? You're really focused on bacon here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bo- uh, Bodie. Uh, bacon. Mind. His I name is Bacon. Bacon. Pete's name is Bacon. I know what's going on here. Uh, the other detail that I wanted to mention was uh, after Tyler puts his book in his head, he says, ask me something about Matheson. <laughs> Bodie's reaction is, I don't know. You took the book. Yeah, Which, that was I great. I love that moment. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, now, then we get another important flashback. A lot of Nita's storyline is split between investigating what happened with Rendell in the past and flashing back to Rendell in the past uh, as she's pouring some, I think it was ginger ale, into a mug. Yeah. Uh, she flashes back to the first time Rendell gave her that mug. Uh, she's repairing chairs. He hands her the mug. It says Ray of Fucking Sunshine on it, uh, pours her some ginger ale, and says, tells her that he is happy that he's with her. He's happy they moved here to Seattle. I wanted different faces, different places. I found the best one. Yeah. He's a good guy. I like good this guy. Rendell a lot. And uh, I love how much time we spend with him. The, I'm very surprised by that in the series that we get to just get to know him over the course of so many of these memories. And it helps to make him a real character while also giving us so much background and exposition about the, the Locke family. Yeah, I really think like uh, we're kind of getting a This Is Us vibe with the dad where we're having like a lot of dad flashbacks. So we really get to kind of see because in the book, you know, like it's a the dad's a huge, powerful figure, but we don't get as many flashbacks or as many times with him. So I, this is kind of an interesting choice. That they're making. And it's interesting that you mentioned This Is Us, because as we know from reading the comics, like in This Is Us, the dad is ultimately killed by a crockpot. Yeah. Yes. Sam Lester yeah. is revealed to be an anthropomorphized crockpot. The only problem <laughs> he went through, I had... He used the crockpot key to change himself yeah. into a human being. So the only problem I had with the Nina stuff is the fact that, like, she wasn't in the ping pong room. You know what I mean? Like, if you find out about a secret ping pong room, you don't leave said secret ping pong room until you've searched all of it and discovered what else is in uh, there. Listen, the I know I said left. I wasn't going to spoil anything for the next couple of episodes, but very quickly, Nita's main role in the series is sitting in that ping pong room eating big plates of bacon. That's basically all she's doing. She installs a secret fire pole. She's sliding up and down it. It's nuts. Pete, I have a vision for you of the future. It's going to be a, a, a great apocalypse will happen. You'll be the only yeah. survivor. And you will be like, finally, time for, for me to play ping pong. You'll slide down a fire pole to your ping pong room and accidentally step on the ball, thus cursing yourself to never play ping pong again. You mean oh, I, you think I wouldn't only have one ball? Yeah, the, all the other balls were destroyed in the great ping pong ball fire. Not yeah, good. as we've established, you haven't gone through puberty yet, so your balls have not descended. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
God. Also, it's hard to play ping pong by yourself. Let's just be clear about that. Hey, work for Forrest Gump. I can make it happen. All I'm saying is, in the apocalypse, I'm going to find a firehouse with a pole and then just put a ping pong table on the first floor. I'll be. That's it. Let I'm me say, done. Pete, you, you use the phrase a lot, it works for Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine for me. And I'll tell you what, what I don't think that's a do. good way to live. Yeah. He wasn't very happy at the end, to be honest. Uh, so... Uh, then we jump over to Tyler. This is, I got to say, one of my favorite details about how the head key works is that he just repeats a bunch of facts to Jackie. And this is the same way it works in the book that you can put the information in there, but that doesn't mean you understand the information yeah. because you don't have the context for that. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. Like, I love that being sort of the catch to the head key in terms of shoving books in your head. Yeah, he just sort of it sort of tumbles out of his mouth without him even thinking it. It's just there. Yeah. One other thing, um, uh, Nina was um, working on a cabinet of some sort. I thought that was an interesting object. Uh, you mean in the past, in the flashback? No, she was working the, on chairs. I thought. And no, that oh, was in, in the, the flashback, present. but in the in the present, there's a yes. cabinet there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that Jackie mentions, uh, is she says she's not really into other Jane Austen books. The main book she loves is Sanditon, which mm-hmm. is crazy. That's nobody's favorite Jane Austen it's book. It's Jackie's. All right. So back off. She can have whatever book she wants is her favorite. It's her choice. Sure, uh, That's fine. I don't, I don't think anybody, I mean, it's fine. It's being adapted for PBS right now and it's running on PBS. So it was a funny, yes. like, I thought that that was a weird that. coincidence. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just somebody's favorite book, man. I it's thought an it was interesting. Book. I, I, it's an interesting choice. It strikes me as something, uh, and this is reading into it, maybe that someone who is like trying to appear to be uh, very different or swim upstream a little mm-hmm. bit would choose to make such an obtuse choice. I agree. Uh, That's I what I'm like saying. She, I think she's smart, but she's hey, performatively smart, and uh, Tyler is not like very stupid compared to her. Like you guys, I, dis- I disagree. <laughs> I actually, I don't know what side I'm on anymore. Uh, so uh, she kind of shuts down Tyler a little bit. Doesn't think Sanditon is his thing. It's more of a Jackie thing. Uh, so of course he goes <laughs> to the library and takes out Sanditon later on. Jackie catches him, uh, and they end up getting some clam chowder. Yeah, uh, that's a date. Yeah, they want to go to Phil's, but it turns out Bill's is better. Uh, but as Tyler and Kinsey reveal later, it's not as good as Duke's. Uh, do you have yeah. any clam chowder opinions since we break down all of our food opinions on this podcast? Uh, I love all clam chowders everywhere. Even, really? even Manhattan. Okay, well. Manhattan? Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. First off, can't say all clam chowders everywhere. There are like some shitty clam chowders that come in a can that you shouldn't count in that at all. So I like, do. Don't I, say I stupid love chowder. Shit. I'm a chowder head. I love chowder too, but I wouldn't eat it out of a shady can if I didn't know, you know, what you was going on. You can't I'm just say every chowder is good. You've been talking all episode about weird, fucked up, secret big pot rooms, and suddenly you're like, no, clam chowder sold in a can, which is in every supermarket of the world, that shady. Uh, I'm saying there are some good ones in a can, but you can't just say all of them are good. I did. It's crazy talk. <laughs> Well, then you, uh, what's your hardcore clam chowder opinion, Pete? What do you think about clam chowder? Uh, I love a fresh 
good clam chowder. Got to have like good potato chunks in there. You know, I want to see some. Don't just throw clams in there and expect to impress me. All right, I want to see some. <laughs> I, it's got to be certain consistency. About? You know, it's got to. You know, it's really got to taste good. Don't yeah. just throw clams in there. No, I, I throw clams <laughs> into England a pea soup, is... and that's a clam chowder. What? <laughs> I just throw clams into a pea soup, and I'm like, it's clam chowder. Eat it. That's awful. Throw clams well, into a bag of Cheetos. Ladies. It's clam chowder. Nope. You heard it here first, ladies. If you want to impress Pete, don't just throw them clams in the soup. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put chunks of potato in there, too. <laughs> uh, by the way, what is your recipe book coming out again, Pete? Uh, soon, it's dropping soon. But I like this because it's this like a classic. Wherever you are, there is a local thing that people talk about. You know, whether it's garbage plates, yes. whether it's cheese steaks, you know, where it's great clowder, chowder or lobster, whatever it is, like crabs. I think it's great that they kind of have this kind of moment. And that's what the principal was talking about is you have one thing that you can talk about and then everything opens up. You know, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, I've connected go. a lot uh, over soups. I, I also appreciate, Pete, that you brought up the regional cuisine of the two main cities that you spend the most time <laughs> in with the garbage plate and the Philly cheesesteak. So. Hey, man, whatever. I'm just saying those are popular discussions in those areas. And, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to relate to something. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. It's, uh, we have salt It's like I always from. say, whether you have a child named Petty or a child named Milo, whatever your child might be named, <laughs> Name them whatever you want. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, those are uh, two children who have names, yeah. so it works. Uh, so after Tyler, uh, we jump over to Scott in Kinsey. Scott is a very total gentleman with Kinsey. Uh, he opens, opens up the door for her. Very impressed by Key House because it's super haunted, according to him. He also tells her that people died in the drowning caves. Uh, which we've seen those ominously lo- uh, looming in the distance a couple of times so far. Yes, Pete. Uh, also, I wanted to point out that Scott's car is perfect for Scott. I thought that was a really great kind of fun moment where you get to see his What was ride. his car? What was his ride? It's like the little uh, green gremlin. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought for sure you were going to shout out how he, he said Hadouken. Oh, yeah. I was that, about to get there. That was my next note, yeah. Yeah, well, they go into the house. Uh, We have the whole place to ourselves. Uh, Scott is nervous. Uh, I love the fact. So in the the first episode, we saw a tour of the whole first floor. uh, And I had talked to the director about this. Apparently, they spent a whole day prepping it and getting it ready so that they could do this house tour moment so they could set up the geography of the house. But I think it's pretty clear that most of the time these are on separate stages because every single other time, including this, which I thought was so funny, Kinsey being like, we have this front hall, we have this other room. Well, anyway, let's go upstairs. (laughs) Also, who wants Uh, to see a tour of a house? Are Uh, you kidding me? Key house? Hell yeah. yeah, you get a tour. You get a tour, but I don't. We don't need to see it a bunch of times. Uh, one thing I really well, like here uh, is there's a secret fucking ping pong room. I really haven't mentioned. I haven't heard about that yet. Um, yeah. I love how Scott is doing the real version of what Tyler's trying to do with Jackie. Scott actually has done the research and is like really into uh, Key House and everything about it. Um, and it's a nice juxtaposition between the two uh, guys. Yeah. 
Uh, so he does get up to the room. He does the Hadouken with the ball, whatever it is. Uh, and he's now, still Zalvin, nervously. Did you, did you yes, feel a certain way about this? Because you, you know, you guys used to do. Elfin Larry used to do a Hadouken sketch. sketch group. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I felt very proprietary over it. And I'm going to be <laughs> suing the production of Locking You pretty soon. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was pretty pissed off. So thanks for bringing it up. Uh, I did love the moment right after that where Scott... Uh, is nervously fumbling around on her desk, and he's like, why, what's this, for instance? And she says, that's an eraser. Yeah. Come sit down next to me. Yeah. And he sits down next to her, thinks she's going to kiss him. He's sweating balls. And instead, she shows <laughs> him. He's doing sweating balls. balls. <laughs> he's sweating balls. balls. That's not a yeah. phrase. <laughs> sweating balls? The sweating balls sure, is not a definitely a phrase. Yeah, sweating no, balls. No, sweating sweating, balls here. sweating bullets is what you say. No, no, no. I'm sweating my balls off over here. That's the same. Sweating my balls off here. Fine. Saying sweating I'm sweating balls off. is sweating my bullets off. <laughs> sweating balls. Sweating balls. Yeah. All right. Balls of sweat coming out of my body. <laughs> sweating bullets. Thick, thick sweat. Thick balls of sweat. Yeah, just balls of sweat. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Wait, so you big... sweat and bullets come out? Is that what you just said, Justin? I'm sweating ping pong balls over here. Big white ping yeah. pong balls. Pete, can you? Uh, I'm going to cut out that part of the podcast because that's my new X Men character that I'm picturing who uh, sweats bullets and shoots them everywhere. Very cool. Uh, uh, anyway, so she shows Scott the head key. He freaks out about it, thinks it's a trick. Yeah. Even when she brings him inside of her head, he still thinks she's tricking him. Uh, and then they walk into the memory room. She reveals that her dad had a sweet tooth, which I thought was kind of interesting that she has a room. Uh, the candy shop seems to be all devoted to him yeah. Uh, yeah. versus the rest of her memories, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, they look at a memory at an aquarium uh, and she is there with her dad. But then Nina runs up. She's running late. Uh, I think it's fair to say she's slurring her words a little bit. In this scene, like oh, it's, it's a little subtle, I didn't pick but up I that. think like because we know she has she's already said that she's sober. I think with the timeline, you can kind of figure out she was probably running late because she was drunk. And that it also is probably part of the reason that Kinsey completely forgot that Dita was there. Oh. Right. Uh, yeah. I also really love Scott being like magic is real. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did you think it was really kind of weird for Kinsey to be kissing Scott inside of her own head? Yeah. It is going to be like, hard what? to tell this story at the wedding. Yeah. Yes. I was like, when was your first kiss? <laughs> uh, look at that over there. Run away. No, I think yeah. that I, if someone kissed me inside their head, I would feel weird about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, me too. Yeah, there's something about it that just feels very reflexive and interior that I just could not wrap my head around while it was happening. But, you know, good for them. They're very yeah. cute together. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so after the clam chowder t- conversation, Tyler has brought some crackers for Kinsey. Tyler and Kinsey chat. They reveal that they both like playing with the keys. They're having a good time. And I think this is another good question to ask because this came up on our Patreon Slack I believe Ooh. just this past week, people were talking about this. And if you want to join in, patreon.com slash comic book club. But uh, there were, and I've seen this discussion online a lot as well. Do you feel like they're being too free with the keys, with telling people about the keys? 
Yes. Uh, I mean, from or, like, a, I think a better way of saying it is, do you feel like it's true to life that they're doing that or should they be keeping it secret? I think strategically, yes, it's bad, but I do think it's true to life that you would want, especially for Kinsey, who's fearless. So she doesn't understand that maybe she should be a little bit more guarded about it. Um, but I think it's true. I think it's true that they'd be like, hey, check this out. I got to show you this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that is very kid-like to not know what you should be telling, what you should not. But it's also kind of weird. It doesn't feel right how loose they are about these magical powered keys. But, like, I mean, that that's the power of the keys. Uh, I mean, this is, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler. But, like, in the past, Rendell, they all, they shared the keys. So, like, the, the keys are about, like, youth and sharing amongst your friends and really exploring the magic together. It's funny. I think we had a couple of discussions about this where we were talking about the comic book. And certainly I felt then that, yes, they were telling too many people Dodge is out there. Dodge is going to you know get the keys. They got to be scared about this. But watching the TV show, it felt palpably different to me, maybe because it is set in a more modern time when we were more used to cell phones and Twitter and everything else, where it feels like you find a magical key, unless there's a very specific excuse, you'd be like, Oh shit. Post it on Twitter. You'd post a, have a whole thread about magical keys. You'd go on TikTok and do stuff and people would be like, Oh, you're faking it. What are you even talking about? You know, like you'd be everywhere showing off these magical keys. And in, well, in supernatural shows, there's always, an excuse, right? Like we can't tell people about our alien powers because we're going to be dissected by the government or uh, vampires. Real. We can't, well, we can't reveal vampires for usually kind of the same reason. Like there's going to always going to be some sort of people are going to die if that's going to happen. But they, Tyler and Kinsey in particular, they don't know the stakes of that yet. They don't know about the well lady. They've heard about it from Bodhi, but they haven't seen it until the point that we're about to get to where Tyler understands what's going on. So to me, it makes sense. Like there's no stakes for them. There's no downside for revealing what's going on with the keys. Plus, they, need saying- to talk, they need to talk to other people about it. They need to like understand what's going on. And that's why I feel like they they wouldn't post it on Twitter, say, but they would like reveal to someone like, what, what do I do about this? But when you get like a new thing, like it's not something that you immediately share, you know, like you kind of keep it to yourself for a while, make sure it's cool and then select few you kind of let in. But yeah, I feel like it's a little too loosey goosey, but I can kind of understand how they're getting away with it. I guess I should speak for myself then, because I think, frankly, if I found a magical key, I would immediately post it on every social media possible. Wow. I would. I'd That's be like, wow. magic keys. I feel I like just, it's the same way as like new flavors of Oreos. Got to get it out there. Got to be no, first. That no is way, the closest man. analogy. Yes. I'm the complete opposite. I would just be like, yeah, I got to go, guys. See you later. About Oreos? No, about magic keys. I'd be like, yeah, I can't no. hang out. Magic key time. Alex, just think how many secret Oreo flavors Pete is keeping private. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm he lives in your, he uh... lives in Oreo house. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> coming over your secret pool room right now, Pete. No so then, just as they're chatting about being happy about the keys, doors start slamming. The kids get scared. Bodie has a sharp stick. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, lights start bursting all over the place. 
And Nina is in the kitchen. The well lady passes by, uses the key, which, by the way, is called the matchstick key. That's the official name for uh, it. Oh. Uh, and sets the stove on fire. I thought it was the uh, fire while, Yeah, I thought it was the flame key, but it turns out it's actually called the matchstick key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as everybody's distracted by the fire in the kitchen, she grabs Bodie and drags him outside into a whirlwind of fire, says... Uh, and that is the point that Bodie finds out a. Uh, I, I was about to say a key piece of information, an Thank important piece of information. I, I had to stop myself. Uh, the important piece of information. She says, "Give me what I want." She takes Bodie through the door. Uh, Tyler runs to find Bodie. Can't quite see what's going on through the fire whirlwind, and Bodie realizes that he needs to willingly give the key to her. Otherwise she can't take it. Yeah. This is another original for the TV series device. And I think it's a very smart one personally. I love it. It really centers the action on the kids and Bodie mm -hmm. specifically as the, the key finder and makes it, uh, makes it so Echo has to really go at the kids and Bodie and through them to get what she wants. It also levels the playing field a little bit, you know, because, like, she could just snap Bodie's neck and keep moving, you know, but, like, the fact that, like, she can't just get the keys herself is a nice way of kind of leveling the playing field and making it, like, a little bit more possible for the good guys to actually have a chance here. And the fact that Bodie picks up on that right away is also great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, She says, you think you're so clever. I could be clever too. She leaves. Uh, Tyler grabs Bodie, but uh, to the credit of the director here, the staging is really nice. So that Tyler never actually saw the well lady at any point. Yeah. uh, Only that there was Bodie and somebody else in there. Uh, Nina, of course, doesn't remember or understands what is happening at all, at which point Kinsey apologizes to her, uh, showing that even, even without fear, she could still understand and have empathy for what other people are going through. Uh, and then Here, real, we get real the quick, a la- uh, couple yeah. things on that. Uh, I really like how the this show just ratchets up the tension out of nowhere. They've done it on a couple yeah. episodes so far, and it's just like great. It really throws you into the action, sort of breathtaking way, and makes it much scarier than sort of a slow build that you might expect. And the other thing, I'm so surprised. Um, in comparison to the comic books, the way this series is really Bodhi versus Echo as opposed to the kids versus Echo. I feel like that's mm-hmm. going to change, but the head-to-head aspect of it is so interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if in the early going part of that is because Jackson Robert Scott is so good and they already yeah. knew he was so good from the Hulu pilot that they knew what they could put him through and hang four tenths of the season so far on him because he is so strong as an actor. That's yeah. reduces to two fifths, Alex. Uh, yeah, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with four tenths. Well, that's the bad fraction. Great. Uh, then the last scene looping back to something we haven't seen since I believe the first episode echo goes to Sam lesser in prison, gives her the matchstick key uh, and she says, I'm, this is how I'm going to get you out of prison, and you can't stray from the path this time. And that's where we end the episode with Sam about to break out of prison using the matchstick key. But, al- but it's also interesting to see the well lady talking about trust, because like she thought at first her and Bodhi 
uh, like Bodie would be her little minion. And I think she's hurt by the fact that Bodie's like smarter and she's trying to uh, leverage Sam to be more obedient and Mm -hmm. uh, gives him a little hope with the matchstick key there. Now, before we wrap up here, let's unlock our key moments. What were our key moments of this episode? Justin, I'll go to you first. I mean, we just talked about it, but the key moment is uh, Bodie realizing that he has to give the keys to Echo slash the well lady and that she can't just take them. That sets up a perfect tension to, to play out. And uh, it means that she has to be much more diabolical in her uh, reasoning. And it makes sense now why she is going to Sam Lester in the end, because she has to really turn the screws on the on Bodie and the other kids, as opposed to just like running around grabbing shit. Yeah. Uh, what I about would you, say, Pete? Uh, Zalbin, you talked about this, but uh, history happened. And it affects things <laughs> as they move forward. So I would spoiler. say history. It's a big spoiler. Yeah, history is the key moment here. Uh, no, I really think that um, the relationships that we're getting are kind of like the key things moving forward. Like Scott and uh, Jackie are going to be like a key. But also, I really like Bodie and Rufus uh, teaming up. I I hope that becomes a big thing as we move forward. And pink. Uh, the the key moment for me, I was going to choose the whole Matheson facts thing, but I actually think Joe Ridgway saying grief never gets any smaller. All you have to do is grow bigger around it is really the key thing for the entire series. Like that is the moral of the whole thing, because it is about these characters dealing with grief, dealing with the tragedy of Rendell's death. And how do you get past that? Joe saying you don't. You just get bigger. And in this case, their bigger is the challenge of figuring out how to use these keys properly to battle Echo is the way that they are going to grow and are going to change and are going to figure out a way of, if not moving past all of this, moving forward. And also, it could be literally if they do the things in the book where there's a, you know, (laughs) use the giant key to get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, a couple of things before we wrap up here. As we mentioned, patreon.com slash comic book club if you want to support this show. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by, we'll chat with you about Lock and Key. Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast any more and if you go out searching for it you might find the lock nest monster <laughs> <laughs>